let me tell you about American financing. If you want to, uh, if you want to refinance your home, I strongly urge you to do this right now. Interest rates are at a low. Um, don't know which direction that they're going. If you're looking to sell your home, can't really go down. Uh, yeah, from here. yeah, they could a little bit. Me, I tad. Yeah, a I mean, that's bit. not a lot of room here. No, the only the only way that this is going to get better is if we're at economic collapse and they bring it below zero. <laughs> so, quote unquote, better. Yeah, uh, it's, like I would <laughs> yeah. Say it's better. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Look, if we're in that point, you're not going to get a loan. If you're looking to buy a house right now is the time to do it, because when this thing starts to come apart, loans are going to be very hard to get and they're going to be expensive if you can get them. So please refinance your home or if you want to buy a house now, the company that I highly recommend, the only mortgage company in the country that I have ever done a commercial for is American Financing. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. All right. R. Kelly and some amazing news out of the Middle East. Really, truly a miracle. And we'll tell you about that coming up as well. Stand by. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, we have another show trial. This time we have uh, R. Kelly. R. Kelly, I've seen the charges forever. Seems like he's a bad dude. Person that is coming out, person that's coming out and uh, defending uh, the women or bringing the charges against uh, R. Kelly is Avenatti. Another liar. I mean... Boy, do we need the truth. Do we need somebody with some credibility to stand up? An amazing story with R. Kelly and so much more begins in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stu, uh, let me ask you, if I gave you my social security number, uh, what would you do with it? I most likely would sell it on the dark web. (laughs) Right. Um, No, come on. Seriously, what would you do with it? What I mean, do with it? Yeah. If I, I mean, do you even know how to get on the dark web? No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> the only person I know is Jason, uh, your chief researcher, who says right. he's researching things on the dark web all the time. <laughs> right. No, right. Never, well, you're never going to show about it, though. It just right. seems to be a lot of in, uh, interesting uh, internet activity. But Right. Uh, so, I mean, I don't even know what to do. So it, people are taking your social security number. They're taking your name, your address, your banking records, and they, they assemble them on the dark web. So they take them piece by piece. Yeah. And then you can buy the matching pieces on the dark web. Then they have you. And while you and I don't live in this world and we don't even think about it, there are people that are thinking about this 24-7. Their business. Remember, we saw that there was an ad placed for $700,000 a year. I thought it was was $700,000 a year for people who could do these sorts of hacks and and understand this world. And if Uh, you knew how to get on the dark web, you could apply. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I guess that's the first that's the first test. Um, 
this is happening all the time. You really need to have somebody working 24-7 on your side. That's LifeLock. Nobody can stop all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but these guys are the best. And if something bad happens, they work to fix it. And they have people who are special specialists in this uh, that work every day. So go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Attorney Michael Avenatti has tweeted a statement from the client's family um, ahead of last night's Gail King interview with R. Kelly. Uh, Azriel has suffered mental uh, mental abuse, severe mental abuse at the hands of R. Kelly for years. R. Kelly is a liar, manipulator, and a sociopath who must be brought to justice for his decades of sexual assault on underage girls. All of these victims and their parents cannot be lying. Yeah, I know, but you're a, such a liar. <laughs> I mean, why would you go to Michael Avenatti? At, at this point, I mean, because at one point, at least half the nation thought he was the most credible man in America, right? At least half of the country was like, Michael Avenatti is the gold standard of truth because he's saying bad things about the president. But now even that, that side thinks he's a scam artist. So, I mean, now I don't know how the guy even gets a traffic ticket no, job. No, I don't either. I don't either. Okay, so R. Kelly, criminally accused of sexual misconduct in 2002, eventually tried on child pornography charges. In the same case, he was cleared on all counts in 2008. Um, and so he says, look, they're just digging up this stuff from the past, and this isn't true. I didn't do this. Here is a cut one. R. Kelly denies, don't double jeopardy me. Do you still sit here and say you have never been with underage girls? Can you really say that? I sit here and say this. I had two cases back then that I said in the beginning of the interview that I would not talk about because of my ongoing case now. Okay. Okay. Okay, Fair enough. But I will tell you this. Mm -hmm. People are going back to my past. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they're doing. They're going back to the past and they're trying to add all of this stuff now Mm -hmm. to that. Oh, yeah. To make all of the stuff that's going on now. Oh, of course. Feels real to people. But the past is relevant with you with underage girls. Absolutely. No, it's not. Why? Because for one, I beat my case. Yeah. When you beat something, you, you beat it. You were quitting. We can't double jeopardy me like that. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. It's not mm-hmm. fair to nobody. When you beat your case, you beat your case. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been with underage women? Well, I can't talk about the two times I have been with underage women, but let me tell you, no, of course not. I love that. That's a great. I told you before the interview started, I couldn't talk about the times uh, that I did things that were wrong. So then, no, he that, didn't say that. He said, I can't talk about that, that, that case. The two, yes. The two in that case. Mm-hmm, right. And he's, but what he's saying is, and in a way, he has a good point. You can't double jeopardy me. That's I've not even a good been, sentence, let alone a good point. I know. I, but he has said, <laughs> but he has said, uh, you know, and 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 it, tell me where this is where this is wrong. Okay, you tried me for that. Mm-hmm. I beat that case. I won. Right. Uh, yeah, I, well, they, this isn't a court of law. Obviously, she's trying to get to the the bottom of whether this is an ongoing issue for him. He's saying basic. Let's be honest. What he, his translation of what he's saying is: Yeah, I did that before. Remember, he was charged with child pornography, 
which is and that was you can make a, a legitimate case. There were ten counts of they child weren't pornography. All, they weren't all child pornography. That was that was part of it. That was part of it. Yeah, because I mean the big part was it was on video, mm-hmm. and and it was there was never a. It was kind of one of those things where he was never trying trying to sell his video to child porn connoisseurs. Mm. He just, I, 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 it was a videotape. It was a sex tape. Here's right? why. The girl was here's why. If I remember right, here's why he lost that case. Or because he won the case. Or yeah, he won the case mm-hmm. is because the girl said I was 14 at the time, and two other witnesses said uh, that that wasn't her. So she said, that was me, and I was 14, and two other witnesses that knew the girl said, no, that's not her, or she wasn't okay. 14 at the time. It was a, it, they couldn't prove that that was, that was her, and that was her age. Right, and bottom line is, he can't, you can't throw him back in prison for that, and, and just saying that he did something wrong a long time ago does not prove that he's doing something wrong today, and that's, I think, his argument here. Uh, that being said, if your past is... I've been charged with child pornography and I've had sex with underage girls multiple times. Perhaps you never go near another female the rest of your life. Well, Maybe that's, that's an answer. That's what that's what that's he said. Right. <laughs> he said, let me, let me uh, do. Cut. No, well, he, no, that's not what he said. No, 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 no. Later he did. Yeah. Let's see if it's in cut two. Here's cut two. But I'm not talking about the one case in which you were acquitted. I'm talking about the <laughs> other cases where women have come forward mm-hmm. and said, R. Kelly had sex with me mm. when I was under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly was abusive to me mm-hmm. emotionally and physically and verbally. Okay. R. Kelly took me in a black room where unspeakable things happened. <sighs> this is what they're saying about you. Not this, true. These, aren't, these aren't old rumors. Not true. Whether they're old rumors, new rumors, Why would they future say this rumors, about you? not true. Uh, play cut three, please. Hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, that you have never held anybody against their will i don't need to they, why would i well i'm, I'm how stupid would never be held anybody. R. kelly with all i've been through in my way way past to hold somebody let alone four five six fifty you said what how stupid would i be to do that i didn't say that's you were stupid no. guys that would be stupid. is this camera on me <laughs> yes it's that's awesome. stupid use your <laughs> common sense don't Forget the blogs. Forget how you feel about me. Hate me if you want to. Love me if you want. But just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to, with my crazy past and what I've been through, oh, right now I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement, and, and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. Robert, Stop it. Y'all uh, quit playing. Quit okay. playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. The problem here, though, is, is he has multiple girlfriends that he's supposedly living with. Yeah, so his, two right now. His point is, I didn't hold them against their will, and that may very well be true. I just feel like if I'm in the spot where I've gone through that in my life, maybe living with multiple girlfriends is not the path you go down. Maybe you examine where you've been and where you're going a little bit. Maybe make some different choices. <laughs> I, it's a technicality, I know. But as long as the two girlfriends are both of age, there's nothing illegal about it. I right. mean, you might maybe at some point be a little introspective and say, perhaps this road is not the road I should be traveling on. Why? It's just a different choice in today's world. 
well, again, it's just think, a different choice. Yes, you're making the argument from the left's point of view, yes. which I don't agree with, right? I mean, like, again, it's a tough argument because I, I would agree, and I think everyone would agree, if you are in this position and this is what you've done with your life so far. And remember, this guy got a reprieve. He was able to come, not only, he was, yes, he was acquitted, but a lot of people get acquitted and, and their careers are still over. He he was able to come all the way back. I mean, that he was another, he was a star again. And for this to happen again is, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure, shaking his life up a little bit. But we've seen too, too often, it would be really stupid for him to do this. It would be. Uh, it also would be really stupid to have sex with an intern in the Oval Office, right? Like, you know, we've, <laughs> we've seen this how I many times? I, uh, the, half the country has no memory of what you're even talking about. How dare you even bring that up? But no, it's okay to bring up now because she's no longer useful to the Democrats. So oh, yeah, that's now right. It's okay that's right. That's right. Bill Clinton. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it okay. Yeah. He was a dirtbag, wasn't he? Yeah. Now we, we, and by the way, we were with you the entire time, conservatives. When you were concerned about uh, character, wow, we were on your side. We just didn't quite get to admitting it until the moment Hillary Clinton was out of our lives. <laughs> and now we are totally principled. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter. It's a great place where you can hire somebody. Really simple and a smart way to do it. Um, You can find the right person, sometimes within an hour. Uh, but the first day you will get a qualified candidate. That's what the employers that are, are using ZipRecruiter say. Within the first day, they have a qualified candidate. They, they, use a, um, they use smart technology, an algorithm that actually goes out and finds exactly the kind of person um, that is is in the part of the country where you are, uh, you know, if you're if you're a if you're looking for a barista, you, you don't care that there's one looking for a job in Boston. You're not going to move them, you know, down right. to Dallas from Boston to work at the Starbucks. And that's a big part of this is is the time suck that finding a new employee can be. Oh, my gosh. Because you your your business is running at a deficit that entire time. You're, in, mm-hmm. you're putting people on this that they could be mm-hmm. doing something else. If you can shorten that period, get the right person the first time, that is a huge advantage for you. And business. here's the thing. It, it, you know, all the other job sites, they'll just deluge you with all these resumes, and you have to go through them. Again, a time suck. ZipRecruiter goes and it learns what you are looking for. And then it goes through all of the uh, the uh, resumes, all of the websites. And it actually goes out and invites people that are perfect for your gig to uh, to apply. And then it highlights the ones that are the most qualified and the ones that they feel fit what you're looking for. So they're right up at the top. Save yourself a lot of time, a lot of effort with ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. You know what I find amazing about this is... We just left the Me Too society. We just left that. Where a hint of any of this would have destroyed everybody. But you, wouldn't, you, you, you were immediately guilty. You think we've left that period? Strangely, with R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, in some ways, it's not like it was a year ago. You didn't even need to hear any evidence yeah, a year ago. It's true. Now you do need the documentary. Yeah, you got to have the right. documentary. If now you can get on a Lifetime or A&E 
Now all we uh, need is one side, but it has to be on a documentary. Or a podcast. Podcasts yes. can do it too. Podcasts yes. and documentaries are the new justice. Yes. That and I is, think that I feel good about that. Oh my gosh. It's totally. <laughs> it's t- absolutely is. I mean, if you remember the founders said, mm-hmm. as soon as we get the technology for podcasts, go for it. Get go rid f- of this whole yeah, innocent until proven guilty thing. But right now, trial, we don't have the cameras. We don't have the digital recording equipment. It's the 1700s. So for now, innocent until proven guilty. But if people can post things on iTunes, then guilty till proven guilty. Uh, that is kind of, I mean, it really is. The R. Kelly thing is another one of these examples. You put the same thing on Harvey Weinstein, put the same thing on Bill Cosby. You put the same thing on uh, uh, Michael Jackson, where there's this undertone of these accusations and everyone kind of knows. I mean, Weinstein, everyone knew at the very least he was a jerk and a womanizer. They might not have known all the details, but everyone kind of knew. Everyone kind of knew Michael Jackson had been accused of these things. Uh, Bill Cosby went through trials about the about these incidents. It wasn't until a viral clip from a comedian brought it into everybody's consciousness. And then all of a sudden now Bill Cosby's in prison for these things. You know, uh, R. Kelly. Everyone knew the R. Kelly thing it was a big story. He had come all the way back from that story, and now it's a documentary that was released, I believe it was last, early last year, mm-hmm. and was it on Lifetime? It was on some, uh, it was called Escaping R. Kelly or something like that. Surviving, Surviving R. Kelly, R. Kelly, something like that. And it, it outlined not only his past stuff, but the, the current accusations against him. And that became a digital phenomenon and everyone jumped on bandwagon and was convinced by the, you know, again, I'm sure one side, I didn't see the R. Kelly thing, but typically what happens with these things is it's a one-sided case. It's making your case, mm-hmm. right? Which there's nothing wrong with a documentary making its case. However, that's not justice. And as much as I think, I look, I don't think R. Kelly's a good guy by any means and probably, again, I'm guessing, but probably is guilty. My guess is a terrible way to run a justice system, however, uh, and, you know, look, if this guy is guilty of a crime, he's going to be convicted uh, and he should be convicted. I just don't like the idea that all these things seem to start now with a documentary or a, a podcast hunt. or you know, it's the same thing with like making a murderer or serial. Right. People who were guilty. And then we go back and we watch a doc- documentary and you're like, wow. I mean, I've, you know, I've watched making a murderer and you're watching and you're just like, gosh, they, this is unbelievable. Like, how is this guy in prison? It's the most it's the most incredible thing ever. And then you see an interview with, like, the prosecutor the next day, and they're like, oh, yeah, they left out these 15 pieces of evidence that, that, that this is the main reason we convicted him. And you're like, oh, well, that's a... This is, this is why Law & Order is an effective show. You watch Law & Order, and every single break, one side seems like it's insurmountably ahead. And then the other side comes back with their little line, and then you're like, oh, my God, I totally believe them. And then five minutes later, you're like, oh, those bastards over there. I like <laughs> these guys now. And that's why it's effective, right? Right. It's just a weird way to run a justice system. I feel like perhaps we're going to go down one of these roads because you know what? Look, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, R. Kelly all seem pretty guilty to me. uh, And we're probably right on all of them, right? There's a lot of evidence, a lot of accusers. I mean, again, these are not reasons to convict a person. You have to go through a trial. But, you know, at this point, Cosby has. uh, Jackson's dead. Um, Harvey Weinstein may eventually face that sort of justice. But we're going to get some of these wrong if we decide to hand over authority to put people in prison to podcasters and documentarians. Michael Moore says he's a documentarian. He's not. 
He's not, but He's I mean, not. that's it, the same bias that goes into a Michael Moore documentary goes into every one of these things. Mm-hmm. It's, you're, you're sitting there, you're making a case that the HBO documentary, and you, you watched it, mm-hmm. very compelling and convinced you completely that Michael Jackson did these things. Am I right? Um, I, 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 I believe them. Completely. I believe them, and I believe that they believe it happened. I'm not... I, it's a weird Because lie. he's dead, there's no way to ever prove it either way. No, I know, but I'm, I'm not asking for legal proof here. I'm asking, you're, after watching the documentary, gun to your head, did, did Michael Jackson do these things? Yes. Yes. And I, I, but it's not just the documentary. It's, it's a lot of evidence the before. Guy, him, right? A lot of evidence before, and the guy had an amusement park. Don't and, double jeopardy him. Don't double jeopardy yeah, him. I know. Uh, I but know. I mean, I, I think... Again, they didn't even present the other side. Making a murderer does. Like, they will tell you the other side, but then they'll pick it apart and say, okay, this is why that side doesn't work. At least they attempt to show you the other side. This was literally just their unquestioned stories. Not a documentary, really. The way documentaries are supposed to work. Right. You know, I was just meeting with um, uh, the research team on a new book that we're putting together for, uh, for fall um the the, cat in the hat part two yeah it's it's about socialism i'll I'll give you the title (laughs) some later date but it's about socialism and i said look it is really important to me that there are no straw men that this is not this is not just socialism bad Mm -hmm. i want to take all the things that people say about capitalism and socialism and i want to show the truth Yes, capitalism is corrupt here, here, and here. Um, And socialism, you know, works here, here, and here. And here's why. Here's why it doesn't work. But but no straw men. You've got to have the credibility of coming down even-handedly and not just making one point, not just making your side. I want to turn over every stone and give it credit where credit is due, and and tell the truth where the truth needs to be told. It's really bad over here. So like R. Kelly could be like, look, these age of consent laws are BS. Come on, guys. Who's with me? Who's with me? Come on, Gail. You're on my side, aren't you? Come on. Go on. 16. God, it's ridiculous. Especially when she cars. looks like that. I mean, come on. Look at the way she's dressed, Gail. Are you with me? Come on. Look come at that. Come on, Gail. I mean, come you on. You look 18 when you were 16 come on (laughs) sing it with me i can fly i believe i fly listen to the saudis it's 12 there come on gail you know you're on my side on this one there are several areas and districts in thailand where this is fine come on i mean let's be consistent gail you know you're with me I'm not saying we become the Saudis. We don't behead people. <laughs> but 12. They know what they're doing. It's definitely someone we should be uh, getting uh, guidance from. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we have some really good news uh, out of the Middle East. Also, we're going to talk about this new report that's out about vaccines with somebody on our staff who is pretty anti-vaccine coming up you're listening to glenn beck all right real estate agents i trust.com real estate agents i trust.com a, a really easy way for you to find the right person to sell your house 
that's a that's I, that's good advice. You know why? Because most people just look at bench ads. They do. And you know what we found? Not we found that the people who advertise themselves are usually the wrong people to go to because they're just trying to get new business, not necessarily right. work on your house. The people who advertise your home. They're the ones who sell their your home. Those are the best ones. The people who put all of their advertising into f- finding ways to get the the uh, news out about your home, not advertising themselves. We found the best agents all around the country, and we have personally selected all of them. There's one in your neighborhood, realestateagentsitrust.com. They will help you sell your house fast and for the most amount of money, or find a new house, realestateagentsitrust.com. Blaze TV is here. It's available for you to subscribe to, and you should do that. BlazeTV.com slash Beck is the place to go. Use the promo code Beck to get the savings. Now for something completely different. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know and a hard worker. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprising facts that you likely didn't know until Mr. Smart Pants, Mike Rowe tells you about it. It's called The Way I Heard It. It's hosted by the one and only Mike Rowe, and he shares stories for, and I quote, the curious mind with a short attention span. The Way I Heard It, America's number one short-form podcast. Go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to The Way I Heard It. That's M-I-K-E-R-O-W-E dot com slash podcast. That's micro.com slash podcast. Yesterday, if you missed the Joe Rogan experience, if you don't know what the Joe Rogan experience is, you need to experience it. It's the number one podcast in the country. And Joe Rogan is uh, is this guy that is just a curious kind of guy. He's a comedian. Um, I think he leans left. Wouldn't you say that's fair? He leans left. But he's he he doesn't it doesn't come into play at all. He's really fair. Um, and is just willing to talk to anyone. And last night, he had uh, Jack Dorsey on, the Twitter CEO. And then he also had uh, Tim Poole on. And Tim is a is a journalist, used to be with Vice. And he's been really outspoken and all over the, uh, the, the, the squashing of voices. Now, the greatest thing about this is... Tim is a liberal, but he was fighting the fight harder than I have seen any conservative fight it. Really smart. Took Jack uh, Jack Dorsey apart, um, and we're going to cover that and give you some perspective uh, after the top of the hour. That's at the beginning of uh, hour number two on this program. Pat Gray joins us now. Mm-hmm. Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. Are you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and because you're very excited to talk about uh, Russian women, Ru- Russian, <laughs> Russian women. women. Oh, yes. This is a Jeffy, segment. not the mail yes, order bride. Right. No, okay. So uh, you're excited about <laughs> Russian women? Yes. Well, okay. one in particular who took care of a situation in her convenience store that needed to be handled, and then went back about her business. This is an 
if you haven't seen this video, this is unbelievable. A fight breaks out between a couple of drunk guys. And in America or in, Russia? No, in Russia. Okay. And she's she's behind the counter. She's she's the clerk. And watch what she does here. This is absolutely amazing. Okay, we'll explain it on radio. So one guy's pushing Two. another against like a like a vending machine or right. a refrigerator. Here she comes. Little girl. Boom. Oh my gosh. Okay. Kicks him. And then he gets in her face. Boom. Down he goes. Oh my gosh. And then she spins and oh my walks gosh. back behind the counter. Next. Uh, I'm sorry. Do, do you ha- did I give you your change yet? He's still okay. out. He's still out. <laughs> and everybody just looks down, Thanks. back down at their phone. I mean, it's almost like America. Looks down at their phone. That is a Russian woman. Is that amazing? That's amazing. That's amazing because that's she's not, even not like, a big woman either. No, no. She, she's tiny. And yeah. there's not even. It's not a. I was picturing an element of surprise there. Like she, no the surprise guy at didn't all. See her. No, he mm-hmm. actually. She actually hits him a couple times first. Yeah, kicks him once, and then he gets right up in her face, and she just gives him a straight right that cold cocks him. <laughs> you hear him crack his head on the floor. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so that's I love fantastic. that video. The other thing about it though is. The men stand around. There's, what, four men in there? Yeah. Nobody does anything. It takes the Russian woman to go up and deal with this situation. I, I, kind of sad, really. Uh, have we been... Probably the kind of thing that, that would happen in a convenience store here, yeah. with the exception of the Russian woman. Right. I mean, people just don't want to get involved. And and men have been de-gibletized. So Did they've been they what? got no giblets. <laughs> really? Yeah. De-gibletized. De-gibletized. Gibletized. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's important to note. And, you know, maybe we need to get our giblets back as men. Certainly in America, I think we do. Uh, but, you know, masculinity is supposed to be a bad thing now. It's a toxic thing. It's it's terrible. And we're being told that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is why I think this is why Donald Trump is so successful and and why he has why he has um, connected with so many people. Mm-hmm. Think how many I mean, there are no examples of of men being men. OK, mm-hmm. James Bond. That's it. A movie. There's no male role models. Would you agree with that? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So Donald Trump, here's a guy who marries a supermodel. Right. Is like, yeah, I can make it with any model I want. (laughs) He's over the top, (laughs) but he fights back. He doesn't doesn't flinch. He doesn't take any garbage from anybody. He is the the, uh, almost cartoon... Of an alpha dog. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think because we have taken alpha dogs and shot them all, when he comes to the table, there's a lot of guys who are out there going, yeah, damn right. That's why he was elected, isn't it? Right. And a lot of young guys that are looking at him almost as a father figure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a huge I think that's part happening. of his appeal. It is yeah. absolutely happening. Uh, also, did you see CNN's little panel that Allison Camerata did? Allison Camerata has been fully CNNized, hasn't oh, yeah. she? Uh, yes, since she left Fox, it's pretty amazing. Um, anyway, she's sitting down talking to this little focus group of about six people, and she starts asking about Joe Biden. And here's what happened there: How many of you would like to see Joe Biden get in? Show of hands. 
<laughs> What's Zero happening, hair. Russell? Oh, so, His time is done. I'll be honest. I used to think, like, you know, because obviously he was rocking on the old Obama wave, and I thought he was the, I thought he was the person that would unite the party. But mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, Senator Biden really comes from the kind of the good old boy politics right. of the past. I don't think Joe Biden represents that new thing that we need. Mm-hmm. We just we need a new economy. We need a new, yeah, new politics, new and economy. we need someone to something. Yeah, they need a new economy. And they go on to explain, they're talking about somebody more extreme. They want somebody further left than Joe Biden. He's not left enough for him now. So it looks to me like, I mean, this is only six people, but it's starting to affect the Democrat rank and file now. This shift to the left in the Democrat Party has, I think, affected just about all Democrats. They're becoming the Socialist Party of America. Well, I, I, I will tell you, because there is not another idea on the right where is the person on the right that says look we are going into a new economy but i'm not talking about a green economy i'm talking about a digital economy do you know that 41 percent of the jobs that were lost in the last year have been lost to automation and they were not in manufacturing Hmm. okay they're not Mm -hmm. going to the car the car companies anymore those jobs are now starting to be automated that regular people had. So we're losing jobs. We've got a new economy and nobody's talking about it. We have a way to move so rapidly now and this government cannot keep up with it. It's time to streamline the government. It's time to um, set it in place for 2018. Uh, Congress, raise your hands here. How many of you actually know the difference between AI, AGI, and ASI? Maybe three? Maybe. Okay. How, how are you going to protect us? How are you even going to protect us if you don't know what that is? Right now, our biggest problem in our country is, is STEM. We, do, we are not turning out kids that know anything about science, technology, mathematics, nothing. They don't know it. How are we going to compete in this new digital world with STEM? Common core? Common core math? That's not the answer. Where are the big ideas on our side? There aren't. Well, nobody can articulate them. No. Is there anybody that can articulate? Do you have confidence in anyone's ability in, say, a position of power? To articulate these things. No. Nobody so, does. So here's the problem. Democrats have all kinds of people articulating their theories, their ideology. But they're We've not. We've got nobody. Right. And they're not new. Those are all old ideas Big that time. have been repackaged. They're Karl Marx ideas. Correct. So they've all been repackaged, but they feel new to people. And instinctively, people know we can't have Joe Biden, who's been in there since 1951, right? On this new right. uh, this new economy, and they're talking about a green economy, but there is a new economy. It is a tech economy. I will say though, I mean, if Joe Biden does not enter this race, he does not want to be president. I mean, he leads in every poll. Oh yeah, this by is a lot. By this a lot. is this is yeah. CNN. Yeah, I, I mean, those those six people may be representative of those six people and, and certainly more. But I mean, generally speaking, the Democrats, the Democratic voters seem to want mm-hmm. Joe Biden in pretty badly. I mean, again, like, you know, you could say that it's it's name recognition and then it's certainly part of it against some of these uh, other contenders. But I mean, everybody knows Bernie Sanders name by now. 
if you're a Democratic primary voter, you know who Bernie Sanders is. And, and Biden is, is beating Bernie Sanders usually in the double digits. So, He's ahead of everybody in double digits, I think, yeah. including Kamala Harris. Yep, everybody. I think she was second in the latest poll that I saw. It was like 30 to 20. Yeah, certain certain states, you know, like Sanders does well in New Hampshire. Um, you know, uh, so there's there's a few different states, you know, and you know who doesn't do well in New Hampshire, oddly, is Elizabeth Warren, who I just she's don't think she has done. any chance. No, she's, she's over. done. Uh, she's know. over. But still, like, I mean, Biden, if he does not get in, is going to open up a, an entire wing because there's no everyone else is competing for the socialist vote, essentially. And, and Joe Biden is no conservative. They no, make it seem like, all. oh, this moderate Joe Biden. He's the one who's pushed. He pushed Obama to the left about 10 times during that presidency. Yeah, he's, he was he's, the one that was blurting out the gay marriage position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened. Right. Yeah. And, and do you yeah. remember he was he was one of the most, I think, top three liberal yeah. senators in, in the, Senate. the Senate. Yeah. So he's no conservative just compared to <laughs> these socialists that are running. Window. Oh, yeah, totally. To the point where Joe Biden looks moderate to yeah. us. That's a frightening place to be. Somebody called me on my show uh, on Pat Gray Unleashed, um, which happens right before this show uh, on the Blaze Radio TV network. Hmm. And they said, uh, what do you and Glenn and Stu think if uh, if a Democrat actually wins in 2020? And they have so they have the executive, they have the House, and... In if a, they win, they if they probably win, they'll probably the get Senate. the Senate. Yeah. So they'll have a majority mm-hmm. in in Congress and they'll have the executive office. Is there going to be any stopping their socialist policies? And the, I think the answer to that is no, no. In that I bet you one of the first things they do is get rid of this filibuster in the Senate. Absolutely, they will. Mm-hmm. They don't care about that. No, they don't care about it. Uh, Inslee, they only care about it when there's Republican majority. Yeah. That's the only time they care about it. And they're going to say, look, Trump said he wanted it. And you right. guys didn't fight it then. And they'll be right. And they'll be right. And so then they will just use that as an excuse to to move that progressive line a little bit further. And they will pass every single thing they want to pass. It the is next, the most important election of all time. The next president, the next president is going to have to deal with a recession. And that will be the the emergency that will allow them to. Do you think it do, won't come till after 2020? No, I think it could come before. I if hope it comes it, before, that's a bad thing. If that's, it comes, if it if it hits before, now, some good win. news that came out of Europe um, yesterday. Uh, everyone, I think, except everyone, I think, except uh, Italy, was at least flat in their um, their growth, hmm. uh, and they were expected that's to good. go down, which would have meant recession all throughout Europe. China is the only one that has bigger growth than us, but take that with a grain of rice. Uh, here in America, we have 2.6 uh, percent growth on our GDP. So last year, I was just looking at the stats. It was 3.1 last year, right? For 2018. So we are we are That's still okay. We're mm-hmm. not great, but we're still okay. And Europe did not go into uh, an official recession, which everyone expected. So we bought ourselves some more time, and that's good. But if it comes before this election, it's going to be trouble Scary. for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it comes after the election, and the Democrats are in, they are going to use that to absolutely change us to a new economy and that's they the, will that's the green economy mm. thanks so much pat x chairs all chairs were not created equal they were not endowed by their creator with certain uh inalienable uh soft parts uh <laughs> that's in the constitution I yeah i think it is it is crappy chairs um you know we sit in most of the time when we're at work 
there is a great chair out there and it's affordable and it's an X chair. Yeah, that's really nice. I I love my X chair. Yeah. I love my X chair. I have um uh you know had really good office chairs, you know, when we were in New York, they had these office chairs that were really nice, blah 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 blah. They're supposed to be top of the line, not anywhere as comfortable as this. This chair I want to take with me when I go broadcast, it's that comfortable. The other chairs that I've sat in my whole life, I have not ever felt that chair is a chair. Just I don't care. That's fine. Bring me that chair. This chair is totally different. X chair. They have them in all um, in all different uh, levels for all different price ranges. You can also um, finance one of the X chairs. Thirty bucks a month, I think, is what it could be. Um, and they also have the X basic, which is very affordable. Use the promo code Beck, and you're going to get a free footrest. Also, the X chair is is right now a hundred dollars off the usual price. It's xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com, or call eight four 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 X chair eight four 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 X chair. Promo code Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Well, um, finally, somebody has talked to um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's mom, who lives in Florida, because she can't afford the taxes in New York. Because she can't afford the taxes in New York. That's capitalism's fault right there. Um, Is that crazy? Her mother moved away from New York because she can't afford the taxes. And Ocasio-Cortez says taxes aren't high enough. Are you surprised by it? You you seem like you're saying this in a way that you'd be surprised by it. Of course this is what happens. Everybody knows this, you know? I mean, this is every leftist that moves out of a high-tax area and they all avoid their taxes just like anybody else because we all know that when you accomplish something and you earn money, it is not right to be giving half or more of that money to the government. We all know that. Even liberals know it. Yeah, the problem is is when you ask people, um, what should the rich pay? And you get up to 50%. Oh, no, no, no. No, yeah. No, the, no, no. People just don't understand. Like 30% what, maybe. I mean, this audience knows what tax rates are, but most people don't. So yeah. they say, they hear all the time, the people, rich people don't pay their fair share. They're, these billionaires are paying zero taxes. And so they assume the real tax rate is like 8 or 10% for billionaires. Right. When in reality, it's 30, 40, 50%. And that's what they're paying almost all the time. And when you ask them, well, what about what should the right rate be? It is the, the the rate seems to be about twenty percent. They want people to pay at the highest. And what's crazy is that's the number that brings the most amount of money into the government, into the treasury. Is if you have a tax, I believe it's eighteen point five or nineteen point five percent. That's about the best tax rate you can get for return into the treasury. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Tell you about Relief Factor, our spotlight uh, sponsor this hour. 100% drug free, created by doctors. Four key ingredients help your body's fight against inflammation. I mean, you're having a hard time sleeping. You have neck, shoulder, back, hip pain. 
Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I feel like I've been hit by a truck. Ever, ever feel like that? Yeah. Uh, you want to go golfing? You want to take walks? You want to open a jar of pickles? I mean, stupid stuff that you can't do anymore because of pain. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack right now. Three-week quick start, nineteen ninety-five. Seventy percent people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more month after month because it works. Try relieffactor.com now, 800-583-84. It's Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, who has been invited to be on this program multiple times and uh, is just too darn busy uh, to do it, has said last night on the Joe Rogan experience that, okay, 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 maybe we were too aggressive in banning conservatives. It was an amazing conversation with him and Joe Rogan, but... Joe was more like the referee because Joe had invited someone else to sit in, and that is Tim Poole. He's a journalist that has been following all of this, and he's a liberal. But he fought for conservatives, unlike any journalist I have heard since maybe I was a kid. Why? Because the principles are the same with classic liberals as they are with conservatives or they should be we go through this exchange and uh, show you exactly what happened and what is going on and how close we are to losing real freedom of speech we do that as we begin the program in one minute this is the glenn beck program Okay, guaranteed, last weekend, uh, in places like Connecticut, where they said, there are going to be 12 inches of snow. First impulse, got to get to the store, got to get some food. And all the stores are empty. And I mean, (laughs) you know, this is what happens always. Whenever there's an emergency, got to get to the store. How about, how about not worrying about that? Being prepared in advance, you mean? Yes. As if you could do that. As if such a thing was possible. Well, it is now with <laughs> preparewithglenn.com. Mm. You just go there and you order a three-week supply of food, one-week supply of food, 72-hour kit, a year's worth of food. They have all of it, and they will make it really easy. And it's really nutritious. It will last for 25 years. So in case there's an emergency, a job loss, whatever it is, now is the time. Preparewithglenn.com. Don't wait. Do it now. Call 1-800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Preparewithglenn.com. All right, so... We all know that uh, Twitter, we, we've, we've all watched Twitter be unbelievably hypocritical. They are so fast to ban anyone on the right. But boy, when it comes to the left, it's chance after chance after chance. Now, that's not the way Jack uh, looks at it. But Jack, along with uh, Twitter's, you know, uh, mouthpiece, 
was uh, was on the Joe Rogan show last night, and it is really worth listening to because Tim Pool was there. Now, Tim was a journalist, used to be with Vice. He has been following this uh, for a long time. He is a free speech absolutist, and Twitter has a problem with free speech. And over and over in the Joe Rogan experience last night, they were talking about how um, you know, they're trying to create a place where everyone feels free and comfortable to speak. And he said, well, that's not working. It's not working for conservatives. You know, your liberals might feel free to speak, but the conservatives don't feel free to speak. And that seemed to be lost on um, uh, Jack and his uh, Twitter friend. Here's a little bit. Between journalist Tim Poole and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Listen, cut one. So you, you don't think we should have any rules about abuse and harassment? So even the, the threats that you received that you Under mentioned. Under U.S. That we law. Did, but you mentioned a number of re- threats that you received and you were quite frustrated that we hadn't taken action on them. You think we shouldn't have rules well, that. I'm frustrated that. because of the hypocrisy. Of so when I when I see only I see the flow of one direction, and then what I see are Republican politicians who, in my opinion, are just too ignorant to understand what the hell's going on around them. And I see people burning signs that say free speech. I see you openly saying we recognize the power of our platform and we're not going to abide by American norms. I see the manipulation of Twitter for uh, in violation of our elections. I see Democratic operatives in Alabama waging a false flag campaign using fake Russian accounts. And the, and, the, and the guy who runs that company has not been banned from your platform. Even after it's been written by the New York Times, he was doing this. So we know that not only are people manipulating your platform, you have rules that remove honest American citizens with bad opinions who have a right to engage in public discourse. And it's like you recognize it, but you like having the power. Um, so he he really made some strong points when she kept going back. So you say no rules. He's saying, no, not not no rules, American standards. So in other words, if you are if you're threatening someone with with harm, if you're inciting violence, yes. But if you have an opinion and one of the things that um, uh, kept coming up was learn to code. And learn to code was it became really uh, a, a a flag for people to rally around of the arrogance of the elites when, um, you know, when uh, uh, manufacturing jobs were lost, reporters were told uh, reporters said, well, they should learn to code. Well, that's not necessarily a, something a 50 year old is going to be doing in the Midwest is learning how to code. OK. Um, and it just showed how out of touch these reporters were. Then when the reporters started being laid off, people started saying, what's the problem? Just learn to code. Well, that hashtag was banned. And he was really upset about that. And the monopoly that Twitter seems to be um, creating here. Here's cut two. I understand your point about mm-hmm. the influence, and I'm not mm-hmm. denying that. Certainly, Twitter is an influential platform, but like anything, whether it's the American law or the rules of Twitter or the rules of Facebook or rules of any platform, there are rules, and those rules have to be followed. So it is and, your and choice 
whether to follow those rules and to continue to participate in a civic dialogue. Or and it's your choice to not do that. Absolutely. You've monopolized public discourse we to an extreme degree, mo- and, and you say, my way or the highway. We, we are facing... Not, Tim, we haven't monopolized it. There are many different avenues for people to continue to have a voice. There are many different platforms that offer that. We are a largely influential one. I'm not trying to take away from that, and we're a very important one. You don't need to be the most important. It's just that you are extremely important. And that's, and that's a compliment. Twitter has become extremely powerful. But at a certain point, you should not have the right to control what people are allowed to say. No private or uh, – look, I'm a social liberal. I think we should regulate you guys mm. because you are unelected officials running your system the way you see fit against the wishes of a democratic republic. And there are people who disagree with you who are being excised from public discourse because of your ideology. Okay, so here's the problem. This is where I think Tim goes off the rails a little bit. He is for regulation, and that's where a lot of people are going to go, regulation. No, the problem with Twitter and Facebook and Google uh, is they claim to be a platform. You notice he said your platform is very, very uh, important. uh, important. You're you're creating a monopoly um, here. Well, It is a platform. Now, what is a platform? A platform, think of that as your, uh, you know, your local uh, Kiwanis Club stage or your local school stage. Um, You know, if you had some sort of a local auditorium, you could rent it out and, you know, a rock band can be there. And the next time it could be a speech and it welcomes everybody because it's a public auditorium. That's a platform. The minute the the auditorium says, no, 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 we're not going to take any rock bands and uh, we don't want that lecture going on. We're only going to take lectures like this. Then that becomes in the digital world, a publisher. And now here's why this is important. If you're a platform, you're open to everything except uh, we want to have uh, we want to rent at the auditorium because we're going to do a play about uh, uh, pedophilia and orgies and it's starring eight year old kids and 50 year old men. No, no, you're not doing that. That's against the law. OK, so once you break the law, I don't have to offer my platform to you. However, as long as it's lawful. I got a I'm a platform. I have to be open to everybody. And this is important because if you are a platform, you are not held responsible for what happens on your platform. So if something happens on stage and it's outrageous, you can't be sued for it because you're like, "Look, we're neutral. We're neutral. Did they break the law?" No, I had nothing to do with them. A lot of this comes from copyright protection, because if people are posting, you know, mo- full movies on, on uh, you know, Twitter obviously wouldn't be the place for that, but a, a social network, th- then theoretically they could get sued for that because it's their site and people are posting copyrighted material on their site. Mm-hmm. However, they get a protection from that because they're just a platform. They're not going to control everything that everybody posts. Yeah, look, they just have to take it down when they're aware of it. Right. They say, "Okay, uh, look, we're a platform. We are not we're not judging good and evil. We we are judging illegal and legal. And posting a movie is illegal. It, it violates copyright laws. But we don't they don't pass through us first. They're posted. So you can't hold us liable for this 
because people have a right to post. Then if we get something about it, then we can take it down if it's illegal. The minute they start to say, well, we didn't like that point of view. Now you're a publisher. Now you do have an editorial committee that gets around and says, what speech do we like and not like? The minute you do that, you lose your platform status. Like the blaze, I can be sued for the blaze because we see everything that goes on. And sometimes we make mistakes, but we have to be held responsible because we are publishing something and we are putting it out. I can't be held responsible for comments because people that's just the comment section is just a platform. Anybody can get on and say anything. We monitor them, but I can't be held responsible because we're not seeing it. You know, we're not we're not okaying everything that comes in. That's a huge difference. And it's a huge legal expense if you're not a platform. And so what happened was Twitter, YouTube, everybody else went and said, we're just a platform. We're just a platform. That's all we are. So you can't have any of these lawsuits about copyrights or anything else. We cannot be sued because we're simply a platform. And so they got that status from the United States government. Then... They started editing. Then they became a publisher as well. So now they're a publisher that cannot be sued. That's not it's good the way it works. Get it. Yeah. yeah, it's great work if you can get it. Yeah, um, I'll give you the uh, the last piece of this where uh, where Dorsey actually did say, "Okay, uh, you know, we probably are a little too tough on conservatives." Whether that's going to mean anything or not, I, I doubt. But I'll play that for you here in just a second. Uh, I've been joking about not eating salads uh, anymore uh, because I hate them. I mm-hmm. hate salads. I hate, I hate broccoli. I like snap peas. You mean the ones that they like? They prepare with like lots of salt and flavoring on top, and they're crunchy. Yes. Yeah, that's it's like saying you like potatoes, but you're eating French fries and potato chips. Right, potatoes. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. I like potatoes. What I'm saying is, it's a good Other argument. Than that uh, you know, no, I don't like them. Now, my wife is, uh, you know, I swear, is my mom somehow or another passed the torch to my wife. Make him eat his vegetables. Mm-hmm. So, field of greens is a way to get the healthy. The healthy um, vitamins that you need, all of the antioxidants and all of that crap, the probiotics, <laughs> the prebiotics. I don't even know what they do. I don't really care. I'm not a scientist, man. I'm an eater. Anyway, so Field of Greens is a way for you to get all of that good stuff, not in a supplement form, but actually as the real USDA organic vegetables and fruits, all of that stuff. It's concentrated into this. You can get it now, Field of Greens. You'll get 15% off your first order, so you can try it. BrickhouseGlenn.com, promo code Glenn. If you want to take care of your body, you should have all of this stuff. And you can have all of this stuff without eating any of that crap you hate. It's BrickhouseGlenn.com. Use the promo code Glenn, and you're going to get 15% off. Field of Greens at BrickhouseGlenn.com. 10 seconds, station ID. 
You know, it's amazing to me is Joe Rogan is bigger now in influence, I think, than probably Larry King was at his height. And nobody in the mainstream media really pays attention to him at all. And he's talking about the things that people are talking about in in a different way. And last night he had um, uh, he had Tim Pool on, who is a a liberal, probably more a classic liberal um, a journalist who is who is more journalist than I have heard on any platform in I don't know how long. The guy knew his stuff when he came up against Twitter and uh, Jack Dorsey and actually got Jack Dorsey to say, "Okay, okay, you're probably right. Listen, this is one of the big problems that people have with this story, particularly particularly you have a left wing activist who works for NBC News. I'm not accusing you of having read the article. He write he he spends uh, like a day lobbying to Twitter saying, guy, you have to do this. You have to make these changes. The next day he writes a story saying that 4chan is organizing these, these, these harassment campaigns and death threats. And while 4chan was doing threads about it, you can't accuse 4chan simply for talking about it because Reddit was talking about it too, as was Twitter. So then the next day, he, after he publishes his article, now he's getting threats. And then Twitter issues a statement saying, we will take action. And to make matters worse, when John Levine, a writer for The Wrap, got a statement from one of your spokespeople saying, yes, we are banning people for, for saying learn to code, a bunch of journalists came out and then lied. I had no idea why, saying this is not true, this is fake news. Then a, a second statement was published by Twitter saying it's part of a harassment campaign. And so then the mainstream narrative becomes, oh, they're only banning people who are part of a harassment campaign. But you, you literally see legitimate high-profile individuals getting suspensions for, for joining in on a joke. Oh, there, there for sure are probably mistakes in there. I don't think that any of us are claiming that we got this 100% right. And, and probably our team having a lack of context into actually what's happening as well. And and we would fully admit we probably were way too aggressive when we first saw this as well so, and made mistakes. Hmm. So the, the problem is, is that in this, if you watch this, he Jack talks about how, look, we're surrounded by liberals. We are liberals. We're surrounded by liberals. We don't necessarily understand the context, but this is what we believe. And so, yes, it will take on that kind of a tone. Well, you have every right to do that, but not if you're a platform. And I don't hear anybody making that case. This is the easiest way to solve this. If Congress threatens to take away their platform status, from Google, YouTube, from Facebook, and from uh, Twitter. If they say, you have to choose, you're a platform or you're a publisher. If they pick publisher, then they have every right to ban whoever they want for whatever reason, left or right. But not if they're a platform with platform protected status. It's easy. We don't need to regulate. Do not grow the size of government. It won't work out well for you. Don't grow the size of government. Just take away their platform status. This goes to so many of the points you know that we've made over the years and that you have to have a principle because the principle here, I think, uh, is what you're talking about. Don't grow, don't grow the size of government. Don't give government extra power over these types of things. And don't, it's going to be damn tempting. For conservatives to jump on the bandwagon here because they're the victims of all of this. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting targeted by Twitter. You're getting targeted by Facebook uh, all the time. 
And so the the instinct for a human being is to say, hey, authority figure, government, step in and right this wrong for me. And I look don't... How they, look how they've distorted the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement. You could be for the civil rights movement in the 60s. You're for the civil rights movement today where it is the color of my skin. It's not the content of my yeah. character. These things change fast. They, they change fast, and they never change when they're where when it's an organized government entity. Yeah. It never leans towards freedom. And deep down inside of every conservative, we know this, right? Like, if we let's say we are to pass some sort of rule that um, uh, regulates social networks that we believe it's on our behalf right now, with one hundred percent certitude. The government will figure out a way to make you the victim of that rule. You will, it will not last. You may get a year of not getting banned or something like that. In the long run, that rule will be expanded and that use will come to, fight, to hit you more than it's going to hit the left, especially when a left uh, government takes over. So, I, you know, look, it is a really tough one to deal with. And I understand why people go that way. We've had a lot of good, smart conservatives come in and argue for that position. Um, but I mean, I think we got to we got to we got to think past step one here. And if you know, step one is is it feels really bad. You don't want to get banned. I, I know that sucks. I think Cruz has has brought this up before, talking about taking away protections. So That's this what is has to be done. that that is a I think a step potentially in the right direction. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make decisions based on content because you believe some political person is too offensive, fine. You're just going to deal with it the way the Blaze deals with it, or the way the New York Times deals with it. You're going to be a news source. You're going to be a, you're going to be a publisher, and you're not going to get the protections that you get from from the platform. And Twitter, you will cut your audience in about half. Yeah, and Twitter won't be able to exist right. in that in that world, really. Well, look, here's the deal: until YouTube and everybody else is deemed a platform only, or that status is taken away, the voices like ours are in jeopardy. And you're seeing it. Stephen Crowder is fighting it mm-hmm. right now. You're seeing it happen. Um, This is why platforms like The Blaze are so important. We have to be able to have the ability to reach our audience. And the algorithms are shutting us out of that. Join us at TheBlazeTV.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. There's one thing that you should really learn, and I feel like this is early for most people, um, but, but the people who really know... And know what you're facing on on surveillance capitalism. Know and they're already on a VPN. A VPN is a private, uh, a, a virtual private network. So if you've watched the movies and they're bouncing all around, trace the call, trace where's that computer, <laughs> and they, you know, it's in Sweden. No, it's not. It's not in Sweden. That's a virtual private network. Who to trust to give you a virtual private network that isn't monitoring and tracking your data? That's hard. That's why you need to go to the place that has been protecting you with uh, electronic uh, surveillance forever. Norton Security. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. You can get a VPN now for about three thirty three a month f- with a year-long contract. It's Norton.com slash VPN for real privacy. The way to fight back against uh, these social networks is to make conservative venues stronger. BlazeTV.com slash Beck is a way to do that. Use the promo code Beck. Save 10 bucks. Uh, 
I want to share a, a letter that came in from uh, Tim Ballard uh, from the Nazarene Fund. He said, Glenn, we had an unexpected opportunity that required immediate action. You may recall uh, a notice that we sent you last week about the 51 Yazidi women and children who were beheaded by their ISIS captors as British and uh, Syrian Kurdish forces surrounded uh, the town where 200 ISIS fighters were making a last stand. Remember, I told you I read that letter where they were describing going into the tunnels uh, and they had found all these um, heads piled up. Um, This last weekend, we received word that 21 Yazidi survivors were still there uh, and we were asked to come in and rescue and escort them out of Syria and back to Iraq. Currently, all 21 are under our care now with the Nazarene Fund. We have been informed that there may be 30 or more uh, that we can go and get in the next few days. We have the videos of the escort convoy as well as the reception. We uh, have we took with us a former captive herself. I don't want to give her name. Um, and she assisted uh, she assisted us in freeing the women and children she was there, I guess, to make them feel comfortable that we were the good guys. Um, we are now looking for their families to reunify them with their families. Um, additionally, there has been um, there. They have found the mass grave where they buried the bodies of the 50 slaves. Um, we will send you um, a copy of all of this, blah, blah, blah. The latest news is that ISIS now controls about one square mile of territory, and they are using human shields. 21 of these shields we took back home this weekend. Um, We feel the rest are being used as human shields, and we're going in soon. We really have an emergency. This has come up, uh, and he talks about we we need a million dollars. I get these letters from time to time. Glenn, we really need a million dollars. Okay, okay. Well, where did I put that million? That's interesting because uh, I send letters like that all the time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, it's a good thing this this uh, this sheik just wrote to me. <laughs> um, here's here's what I uh, I'm I'm asking you if if you have any inclination to help, if you want to help rescue these. Um, slaves these yazidi and christian women and children who have been held captive now some of them for as long as five years and reunite them with their families go in and get them otherwise if we miss our window of opportunity we're not going to be able to get them we also help deprogram them if you will they are so screwed up after being raped you know by a hundred different men over and over and over and over again for five years. Um, they're a mess. And we have partnered with this great group um, that, I mean, you can't go to a psychiatrist in the Middle East. If you're there and you're in one of these communities, you just can't go to the psychiatrist and say, hey, you know, I was a sex slave and raped over and over again. It's just not done. It's an old kind of culture. So we have partnered with this great group uh, that actually they they hire these psychiatrists who then go to the person's house in a van. And this van is all marked up, you know, 
you know, Christian knitting supply or whatever it says. And they come into the person's house and they're, they teach them how to knit. And as they're teaching them how to knit, it's actually a cover to be able to have therapy with them. It's, it's crazy, but that's the way it is. All of this stuff is very expensive. Just going in and getting these people. We have 30 more that we're going to have to get in the next few days. The convoys themselves are so expensive and we have lost two we've lost two of the people that went in to help save um some of these slaves uh we've lost them in operations it's dangerous and expensive please go to mercuryone.org or uh, i think it's nazarene could you look it up nazarenefund.org is that uh, a working address i think it is um, and donate. Even if you have $5, could you do $5 a month or $10 a month? Anything you can do is a great help. Yep, the Nazarenefund.org. Most people think that this is over, and it is not. Um, we have operations happening all over the Middle East trying to get these Christians away from the Muslims that want to uh, kill them. And the Nazarene Fund now has a reputation in the Middle East and with the U.N. and the U.S. State Department as being the most effective in this. It's all because of you. Please be a part of this. Be the Oscar Schindler of this generation and help us save these people who are in jeopardy right now. Go to thenazarenefund.org. That's thenazarenefund.org, or you can go to mercuryone.org. Yeah, this show last night uh, about ISIS and the the wives, the ISIS wives. Yeah. It was really funny, by the way. Yeah, was, you wouldn't think well, that I that's had, a topic for yeah for, for comedy. But well, I really don't have a lot of sympathy for the ISIS wives. Really? Yeah, hmm. you might have got that if you watch the interview or if you go and you watch it on demand now at the Blaze TV. Uh, but uh, yeah, not a lot of sympathy. No, uh-uh. no, huh? No, you you wanted no. you kind of broke the whole thing down, and you have uh, another episode on that coming up uh, tonight well we have a two-part this is yeah. part of uh, a two-part series uh, last night we talked about the isis brides but we talked really about takia uh and takia is this term of of what you can do if you're a muslim if you're a muslim you are allowed to venerate the cross you're allowed to become be baptized and and take communion and do anything as long as in your heart you are still working for Allah. And so it's this weird thing where where Allah deceives people. I mean, it's in the Quran, you know. He is the ultimate deceiver, which kind of makes me think, maybe that's not uh, the God you should be looking towards. But he's the ultimate uh, deceiver, so you too can deceive on his behalf. So that brings us to... Uh, part two tonight about looking at the deception that looks like it may be happening in our own Congress with two new members of Congress. And next week, we're going to even go further. And uh, Jason is here. He's our, our chief researcher. And you've been researching for the last week or so just to introduce us to these new uh, hijab wearing uh, Muslim congresswomen. Yeah, specifically Ilhan Omar. And I can't, the, the stuff I'm finding now, I, I can't even believe that more people aren't talking about it. 
Like, I, I don't know why. Like, if, if we think if, if there's a huge case for if you really if you believe in like Trump uh, collusion with Russia and that's a really big deal to you, you really believe in that. We should start investigations on it. If you believe that, then you should be demanding an investigation in Ilhan Omar. I'm going to go as strong as saying that right now. So that's that's just be prepared to be shocked on Monday. Okay, we have that on Monday. Tonight, we open the door on just um, the laws of deception and what you're allowed to do. And is that what's happening uh, in Congress? Because their records don't make sense. How can you be somebody who is so devout? You get the, the rules change in Congress so you can wear a scarf on your head. You can wear a hijab. They had to change that. It's 180 some years old. They had to change that law. She got that change because she's so devout to her religion. Now, the way she practices her religion, she is a devout Muslim. Well, if you are a devout Muslim, you are not for feminism. You're just not. (laughs) Okay. The, The hijab says it all. You're not a feminist if you are a traditional Muslim. You are also not cool with homosexuality, and yet she's on the front lines of fighting for homosexuality. Now, we know reformers of Islam. Reformers are always afraid for their life. She's not being targeted by Islam as a blasphemer. Why? Why? It doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. Can I uh, just uh, on on that point of if you're if you're a devout Islamist woman, then you're not for a feminist. Can, uh, many of these uh, congresswomen are talking about uh, Hamas, like nonstop Hamas, you know, Hamas, Palestinians, very, very pro Hamas. And from the from the Hamas charter, I just because I'm a nerd, just happen to have it up on my computer right now. <laughs> um, but they actually have a role of Muslim women in the Hamas charter. And uh, it says right at the top that um, they are very, very important to the cause. They, quote, manufacture men and play a great role in guiding and educating the new generation. So that's about it. They, they don't do much else. They manufacture when and they educate the kids. And it goes into more about how they do a very, very good job of maintaining the household. That's a very <laughs> feminist outlook on it. So if you're defending Hamas <laughs> and you are part of the women's march because you want feminism to be... It doesn't make any sense. What the hell is wrong with us? America, what's wrong with you? So we'll start that tonight. And your subscription is really important for us to be able to continue these investigations and everything else that we do uh, and create the platform that is a safe haven for voices that, I mean, they're already coming after Steven Crowder. They've tried to come after me for a long time. They've done this with uh, Mark Levin and and how many others on our platform? We've got about, I think, about 50 voices now at The Blaze. And a lot of the, those voices are the new voices that are up and coming. And as they grow in power, I will tell you, they will grow in target size as well. Mm. We need to protect their voices. And that's what your subscription does. You can do that at blazetv.com slash Beck. Use the promo code Beck uh, and you're going to receive a 10% discount. That's blazetv.com slash Beck. All right, American Financing, if you are looking to buy a new home, 
you know, I just read an update from you, um, Jason, this morning, and I know it's not for air yet, but uh, uh, you were talking about what's happening with the Saudis and, and oil. This is really troubling. Yeah, they're going to start pumping out a lot more oil coming right. up very, very soon. Which so. makes everybody think, oh, great, great. Oil will be cheaper. Mm, mm, yeah, for a little while, for a little while. And they're pumping out oil and they're pumping it to China. And China, the problem is, is that China's manufacturing and China's need for oil is going to be dropping as they start to go into a, a slowdown uh, themselves. This is a very fragile, fragile system that we are operating under right now. American financing is giving you the opportunity right now to refinance your home at low interest rates that we have right now. Or if you have an adjustable mortgage, make sure you refi right now. AmericanFinancing.net. You want to buy a home? Now's the time to do it. You want a loan? Now's the time to get it. And the people that will do it is AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. Call 800-906-2440. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So what do you think of Dan Crenshaw? I mean, I, I've, I hesitate to fall in love with politicians. Because I they do, always too. suck in the end. But, but, I, but I want to fall in love with him. Yeah, he's great. I mean, yes. so far he's great. And I like that he's not doing the typical politician stuff. You know, he's, he's standing up for principle. He is taking stands that are unpopular. I, like the, I, I love the way he handled the whole Saturday Night Live thing. It wasn't like, oh... I got called a name. I can easily take advantage of this. I'm on the winning side of this victim battle. Right. Instead, he was like, ah, you know, everybody makes jokes and, you know, it's, uh, we should watch what we do, but we shouldn't all get hurt. Our our feelings hurt every single time someone makes a joke. You know, the great um, way to respond, the, the worst, uh, violators of the constitution far as size of government is usually a retired veteran. When they go to Congress, they usually become the worst because they're used to they're used to the government. You know, they've they've right. served in the military. And so they're used to the government. You're saying as far as like spending issues. Yeah. And things, yeah, yeah. The growth of government. Right. OK. Like John McCain. Just grow the government. Just keep growing the government. Which is, you know, it's again like, you know, the the uh, VA is a great example of this. It's like it's so backwards. As a society, we're like, well, here's our most important citizens. Let's give them the crappiest health care available. Right. Let's give them the system of government uh, that, and the system of health care that but, all the countries we're fighting against have. Because they deserve a separate government-run piece of crap system instead of participating in the really good one that we have. Well, anyway, here he is, Dan Crenshaw, um, on why the left hates tax cuts. Listen to this. I always want to remind everyone what we're really here talking about. We're talking about a difference in philosophy. It's not just tax rates. It's a question of whether the government should be taking more of your money or whether you should keep more of your money. There's a difference in the role of government and what we believe. It seems to me that you all believe that the role of government is to tax the people as much as possible so that you and your benevolent fellow academics can dream up more programs for, to, for the government to spend money on. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what the role of government is for. The role of government is to protect God-given rights that we have and to ensure that we live as free as possible. 
role of government is to tax people to the least extent possible mm. while still taxing them enough to, to, to cover basic needs for government. And if we're questioning what those needs are, we can just look at our Constitution. They're generally pretty clear there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he's great. It is so clear in the Constitution. There's a big uh, Politico story profile of Dan Crenshaw. Is he the future of the GOP? And again, we jump on these, these bandwagons so quickly that a lot of times we misread these things early. Mm-hmm. But so far, he's been he's been really good. Uh, and, you know, people his background, I mean, he, he won a race he was not supposed to win. I mean, he won that primary. He was not supposed to win. I think he's a solid guy. Yes, I like him. It seems great so far. I like him. And I like the fact that he's up on Capitol Hill talking about taxes. And what is he using as his defense? The Constitution. Huh. I know. I know. That's what everybody's like. Huh, what is this thing he's talking about? <laughs> this consta what? I, I have constipation, but I what does that have to do with taxes? You're listening to Glenn Beck. Home Title Lock is our sponsor. Home Title Lock, of course, is a company that protects your home. Uh, you know, you have a lock on the front of your home because you don't want people to get the stuff inside. Home Title Lock will lock up your title so that people don't get your title. It's very simple to remember. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, you'll be able to uh, sign up for Home Title Lock and they'll check, first of all, to see if you're already a victim of it because a lot of people become victims and they don't even know it for six months or a year or two years and then they find out, oh, I have no equity in my home because someone's been spending uh, a giant uh, home equity loan on my behalf, and now I'm stuck with the bills. I'm stuck with my credit being ruined. I'm stuck with the eviction notice. You don't want to deal with this. Um, there's a huge data breach that just happened, and it exposed about 24 million people to home title fraud. If, uh, I mean, hopefully this isn't you this time, but it could be you next time. Mike, make sure you stop it now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get the uh, the uh, the scan that they have for free. It's free title scan and report. It's a hundred dollar value normally, but they give it to you for free when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. It's pennies a day. Get the barrier put around your home's title so you do not have to worry about this. It's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right. Uh, by the way, if you are joining us and you would like to watch the show every day, go to BlazeTV.com slash Beck. Get the uh, promo code Beck. It's going to save you about ten bucks. BlazeTV.com slash Beck. Radio show starts here in just a few seconds. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So NBC is reporting that Senator Rand Paul on Tuesday railed against government mandated vaccines, suggesting they infringe on personal rights. This happened during a congressional hearing on immunizations uh, and the role of you know protecting the public from preventable de- diseases like the measles outbreak. Now, I saw him. It didn't seem like he was railing. I thought he was logically laying out a case. Now, I personally am torn on the vaccine thing because I believe in vaccines. My kids have been vaccinated uh, and I believe we should. Otherwise, these things are going to come back and bite us in the ass. Now, if you don't believe that, I also believe in your right not to get vaccinated. So how do we solve this? 
We talk about that and so much more as the last hour of the broadcast begins in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Man, uh, you toss and turn and toss and turn and toss and turn, and you cannot get comfortable. You can't get out of pain. You finally just get up in the middle of the night. Does that sound like how you live? Because that's the way I used to live. And it is no way to get through, uh, you know, the night. You get to the point to where you look at your bed and it's almost an enemy. You're like, oh, get rid of that. You can do it by reducing your pain with Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. If you're in pain, please try this. I tried it uh, starting, uh, it was December last year. Um, a year ago, last December. And I will tell you, I've been taking it ever since three times a day because it works for me. Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to Sarah, who is uh, joining us. Sarah Gonzalez, who is the host of the news and why it matters and that is heard right after my program every night on the blaze tv it's kind of a, a roundtable discussion and and Sarah, i love that show especially that one guy kind of sits right across from you most days uh, really oh andrew, I, I don't recall sometimes. oh yeah. yeah andrew jason yeah. jason no, fills not, in sometimes no, it's somebody yeah. else better looking than either of those two must I, be me can't. Must <laughs> no. be me. anyway um uh, sarah i want to talk to you about what's happening on Capitol Hill right now. Mm -hmm. And we have a outbreak of measles uh, and measles should not be happening anymore. Um, I mean, you know, it's like polio. Polio is making a comeback. What? How? We eradicated polio. No, some people don't want to take the vaccine and the balance of rights and public health is a really dicey conversation. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I would just like to also point out, I don't believe that there's been a measles death since there was one in 2015, I believe. So, you know, um, I do know that there was a time where people just got the measles and that was just kind of a, a way of life, you know, growing up kind mm -hmm. of like the chicken pox. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a deadly, you know, disease. So, you know, the measles is not so much my concern, but I, I would like to point out uh, earlier I heard that I was referred to as anti-vaccine. Just set the record straight before I get hate mail. <laughs> I am not anti-vaccine. I am pro-information and pro-parents choice. Just like you said, I think that, you know, it's very clear that vaccines have saved lives. Um, and it's also very clear that vaccines are not 100% safe uh, or 100% effective. So, so, Stu, there was a new study that just came out, extensive study that just came out this week. Have you seen it, Sarah? I haven't. Okay. Um, and it showed that vaccines are safe. I mean, safe. Hang safe on, how? Did, did you see that? You it, saw this was right? a particular study. About, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes around this particular yeah. topic, mm -hmm. but this one was particularly about autism right. in, uh, in in Denmark. Um, and so they did a study. It was on 660,000 uh, kids born in Denmark. And Denmark is like super the opposite of us. Like we are, uh, we're like, hey, like we should have the right to do what we want to do with our own kids. And Denmark's like, we're going to take every piece of your information. Yeah. <laughs> and now, it's great for researchers because, you know, it's like part of the law. Like when your kid is born, like they take every piece of health information and give it over to the scientists. Um, so one of the things, so this was every kid born in Denmark over, I think it was a decade. Um, and they found, you know, no ties to, it was actually, you were actually less likely to get autism. I think it was 17% less likely 
uh, to be diagnosed with autism if you got the MMR vaccine. Um, that, that, that That's not saying that they think it's vaccinating you against autism. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, look, the I think the point of this is more, uh, and I think this is your point as well here, Sarah, which is like, we're this is america Mm -hmm. and we are and parents we are not it is not does not take a village Mm -hmm. right we are uh we are the parents and we make the decisions and so the idea that the federal government is going to come in and tell us what what you know what what medicines or vaccines we have to give to our kids is the real i think the real argument here um you know when it comes to uh you know this bigger argument of whether they're good or bad like you know, that is, I mean, you can look at all the science and you can make up your own mind. That's what you're supposed to do as a parent, mm-hmm. right? You're supposed to be able to go in there and make up your own decisions. Do you want to give your kid ibuprofen? Do you want to give your kid Tylenol? Do you do you want to do these things? I mean, I, you know, I'm the same way, Glenn. I, my kids are vaccinated through these things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, if you, you should have that ability. And I think that's Rand Paul's point. Yes. yes. You should have the ability to make it the choice as so a parent. What is the problem with, with doing that? If you don't have the vaccine... Okay, so more people are going to get sick. But if my kids got the vaccine, they're not going to be the ones that got sick. I mean, there are. are, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're. The argument is, yeah, yeah, the argument is the the people who are. Yeah. Herd immunity, Mm -hmm. which, again, is a theory that was originally proposed um, when it comes to natural immunity. It's never been herd immunity. Herd immunity is the idea, the theory that as long as so many of citizens in the society are vaccinated, we we will maintain that level, you know, it was 95 or something percent. As long as we maintain that level of vaccine rates, the diseases don't the diseases come back. won't come back, right. even if some people don't get the vaccine. Well, how yeah. many people are anti-vaccine? How many people are not vaccinating their kids? It's a it's, very small percentage. It's a very small percentage. Right. It's, it's small growing percentage. significantly. Right. And that's one of the that's why it's become this sort mm-hmm. of uh, hot button sort of political issue. And there are other cases, too, like, you know, infants have certain times in their lives where they can't get vaccinated yet mm-hmm. so they're vulnerable people with like you know cancer at times they have weakened immune systems right. so the vaccines don't work as well even if they've been vaccinated there are issues and again like as a society you can say okay well this is what we think the best path is for right. your health and you should you should do this and we can encourage it but even when you're putting someone else at risk in, in the united states like we say to people like look we will license you to drive a car. Mm-hmm. And if you do something that we think is wrong or you're putting other people in danger, then we will step in and stop that. Mm-hmm. But we you all have a choice, right? Like right. to go in there and we all are at risk of other people doing things that we can't control. Yeah, that's that's just the risk you have in, in a free society where yeah. people are walking around, you know, going to the grocery store. They might have the flu. You know, we're not going to mm-hmm. mandate that they do anything. Um, but I do think that it's important to point out, Glenn, that, you know, you said that, that the study determined that vaccines were safe. Um, you know, it, I in think this that we, particular study well, we, for autism, for, for this autism, particular thing. Right. Yeah. But but I think that we jump to the autism debate far too quickly. Whenever we talk about vaccines and safety, we say, no, 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 no it doesn't cause autism. That's that's already been debunked. And we forget that a vaccine is a medication that we're injecting into our bodies, just like any other medication that we're putting into our bodies people are going to have different reactions. So, I mean, vaccines have, you know, adverse reactions ranging from very mild to incredibly severe to death sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's important, you know, even the Association of um, American Physicians and Surgeons just came out and put out a statement saying forced vaccinations violates human rights because vaccines are not 100% safe 
or 100% effective. So to say to someone, we're going to force you to inject your infant, not knowing yet how they're right. going to respond, that's a problem. And I think that we lose sight of that in this debate because we jump straight to autism as if there are no other side effects that could happen. It's, it's like it's, if we said everybody, every male has to take Cialis. Well, some <laughs> of us are going to have a four-hour erection and going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> that was a great, not that you have any experience uh, no, 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 with that, right? No, I, I don't. But. Just stepping back, though, here for a second, like, let's just let me make the worst point of all, all time. Every vaccine do that. causes autism 95 times over for every child. That's my, my viewpoint. Okay? That, okay. No, it's not my viewpoint. Right. But let's just say it was. Should I be able to go out and blab about that as much as I want in a yes. society that has a First Amendment? Mm-hmm. Yes. The answer to that has to be yes. I don't care how crazy the viewpoint is. There's way crazier crap on the Internet uh, than, uh, than, uh, than anything we could possibly come up with here today. But, for example, there's a new book in the top uh, 50 overall on Amazon. <laughs> I found this yesterday. It's incredible. It's about the Q anonymous, whatever the hell that thing is, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the Q conspiracy theory that has been out for a while that that thinks that Donald Trump is going to, I, I guess he's working with Robert Mueller to push back against Hillary Clinton, who controls the government somehow. It may have worked a little <laughs> bit in 2016. How it works now, I don't know. Okay. There's a new book out explaining this, and they say that it, that it, sh- it makes all sorts of claims. Like, uh, you know, Democrats are like eating humans, all sorts of stuff like. And then the last one says, and the government was responsible for the movie Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Legitimately part of this conspiracy theory is the government created the movie Monsters, Inc. I've got to read this book. I know. I know. I know now maybe I, I might buy it as well. But it's like it, that. Absolutely. Even though I can I think it's complete nonsense mm-hmm. is a is protected by the first amendment and uh, that's largely not exactly what we're talking about here because these are like things getting banned off of social media and and different companies but like why can't we all be first amendment absolutists why can't we all be people who are like look i don't care what how crazy the information is if people want to read it they should be able to read it look the guy who wrote the anarchist cookbook yeah he and it was proven to be in the hands of people who oh, went and tons blew people up and yeah. killed people. Mm-hmm. He tried to get that pulled back. He mm-hmm. was like, I, I wrote it when I was a kid. I was stupid. I was wrong. Please, I don't want this published anymore. He couldn't. It was already out in the ether. He didn't own the copyright. And so it's still for sale at Amazon. Now, if we can tell people how to gas people (laughs) and how to blow people up, I think we can have a conversation about vaccines. Uh, May I lay the groundwork for this, the First Amendment issue? Yeah, sure. Um, So a CNN business report came out. Uh, and they had apparently done some expose on searching for vaccine, just vaccine related information on platforms like Amazon, uh, you know, Google, YouTube, those places. And they said that, you know, the search yielded a lot of anti-vaccine anti-vaccine information and mm-hmm. vaccine misinformation and, you know, how irresponsible it was of these platforms. Following that, um, uh, mm. uh, Adam Schiff wrote an open letter to uh, these same platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Google, Amazon, and told them it was basically their responsibility to make sure for public health that they were not responsible for spreading this misinformation. This is the problem. Mm -hmm. What did she just call them? Platforms. Mm -hmm. Platforms. If you want them to edit, Mm -hmm. they are then publishers, and they must have the ability to be sued. But because they're platforms, I'm telling you, the left and the right... 
if they thought they could get away with it, will marry into these people so deeply and they'll just say, you got to do exactly what we say. And they're going to it. It's it is 1984. It's the beginning of Orwell it really is. They're going to be in your house watching you at all times. They're going to be working together. It is not good. They need to be separated. They need to be a platform or a publisher, but not both. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so in response to that letter, uh, we just in the last week, we've seen Pinterest now ban searches for vaccine content. YouTube no longer allows what they determine anti-vaccine groups to monetize any of their videos with ads. Uh, Facebook is now fact checking. So you can be glad now you're safe <laughs> that Facebook is fact checking uh, any health or vaccine related material to make sure that if they don't deem it to be true or correct, it's not seen in people's news feeds. Um, and then I think the most egregious move was by Amazon, who just completely removed um, uh, many documentaries that they determined to be anti-vaccine. Uh, there were some conflicting reports that they were removing books as well. Um, but I mean, you're not you're not talking about Alex Jones says vaccines are bad. The documentary. I mean, you're you're talking about documentaries that are what they haven't been sued. You know what they're saying is is factual, you know, factual enough to not be sued. You're talking about, you know, there's there was one that, you know, it has a provocative title. I think it's called Shoot 'em Up. But it features uh, three three doctors that Dr. Stephanie Cave, a family doctor for over 30 years, Dr. Richard Moskowitz, 50 years of practice. He went to Harvard. Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky, over 30 years of practice. These people, just because they're dissenting, they have the dissenting opinion, they're being silenced. But I think that, I mean, you know, just because they have this dissenting opinion doesn't mean that their experiences and their research is not valid. So this is this is the this is the issue here. We're not even talking about vaccines. Yeah. We're really not. We're no. talking about the First Amendment. Right. Because you, I mean, you mentioned Alex Jones. And like, I, I would certainly not buy an Alex Jones documentary. But I mean, if people should, should have be the right should to have it. And you're right. The Anarchist Cookbook it. is still yeah. available on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, you should be Because able to... it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. It, you cannot do this. This is First Amendment. First Amendment. And those people who have had their books or materials, I don't care how crazy they are. If they're not in court with an attorney and they're not going and taking it all the way to the Supreme Court, they're fools. Well, Amazon, though, has a right to not sell the Anarchist book cookbook, right? Like if they don't want if they don't want to sell it, that, that is their personal choice yes, to not sell it. That's different. They I think, are than a, a publisher. They are. Yeah. They are a, a private store, business, right? like, yeah. a store. They can carry whatever right. they want. Um, however, uh, Facebook and YouTube, yeah. uh, they don't have that right. Twitter doesn't have that right. You should sue them. Well, and and might I just bring up, you know, there's while there's all of this censorship going on, parents are not allowed, you know, this information that doctors and credible sources are putting out, you know, even if it was Alex Jones, that's fine. But <laughs> that these credible sources are at least putting out the information. At the same time, you've got uh, Professor Peter Hotez, who is responsible for writing this legislation of this forced mandates um, in, at the federal level. He said he called for, and I quote this, a comprehensive public-private partnership between the U.S. government and all the major stakeholders, Facebook, Amazon, Google, to look at dismantling the anti-vaccine empire. Look out. Look out, America. Okay, that's not, that's not the government's job. Look, like, at I, uh, look at this. The painting I did just a couple of weeks ago. It is as a warning. That is the government with Facebook and Google all together, all knowing, all seeing, all powerful. Look out, it's coming.
Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks. See you tonight at 5, 5.30. Um, what's the name of that show again? Uh, the News and Why It Matters. The Stew and Why It Matters? Yeah, no. that's good. That'll be good. Uh, the News and Why It Matters at 5.30 tonight, only on the Blaze TV. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and you can miss certain identity threats if you're only monitoring your credit. That's why LifeLock exists. Recently, 127 million records were stolen from eight companies, and they were all put up for sale on the dark web market for the equivalent of about $14,500 in Bitcoin. That's Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. These records were stolen from breach companies. They contain email addresses, names, passwords, so much more on the dark web. Somebody grabs that up. They grab up another batch. They start to match them. Now they could have your bank records, your social security number. They have everything. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses. No one can stop all identity threats. But LifeLock was the first in the boat, and they are the best. And they have U.S. uh, experts here in the country working to fix it if it happens to you. Please, you have to have this protection. And again, no one is better. It's LifeLock. LifeLock LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. So uh, last night I just, I I was so, New York Times Magazine came out this weekend with the uh, cover. When did we all become socialists? Hmm, I don't know. When did that happen? Uh, I mean, we're we're all socialists now. That was from the day. That was Newsweek 2008. We're all socialists now. And then they covered their head and went back undercover. They thought they could come out during the Obama administration. But no, no, no. They had to call everybody a racist. If you even said you were a socialist, if you said that person is a socialist, that was racist. You were red baiting. It wasn't an ideology, but now it is an ideology. And New York Times says, when did we all become socialists? Hmm. Well, we all didn't. You guys have been socialists for a very long time. When did, how about when did everybody start admitting they're socialists? Yes. Which is incredible to me because we, you're right, we got beat up pretty badly from the mainstream media saying, mm-hmm. hey, you're calling Barack Obama, are you saying he has Marxist this- tendencies? Well, that means that you're saying that because he's black. We're like, wait, what? How did you even get that out of, what? What does that have to do with race? It has nothing to do with race. In this. Nancy Pelosi's not black. <laughs> the, the left has tendencies if you think of it as a a, a road we are in a place uh, on a place on the road to the left is socialism to the right is no government whatsoever okay uh which way do you want to walk i want to walk towards the no government whatsoever and i'm going to walk for a really long time and stop before i get to the end of the road but walk for a really long time they want to walk constantly towards socialism government yeah, easier uh, totalitarianism statism that's statism. what they want they want to keep moving until the well, state just, has close to 100 percent. you just control. heard it a public private partnership between google facebook youtube and all of those platforms hmm. to silence the speech that the government doesn't like right and even if you don't like it too that doesn't mean that you you get rid of that speech you don't right. 
do that. You just don't do that. Um, and that's what the socialist movement is all about. Somehow or another, they are they are trying to wiggle out of this again. And the New York Times and the Washington Post are leading the way. And it's already happening in our colleges that socialism is a myth. You know, all these things that they say are going to happen. Those are old timey things. It doesn't happen that way. Well, what about Venezuela? That's not old timey. We uh, will go through this with a guy I saw at CPAC. He's just amazing. He's been on the program before, Justin Haskins. He's the executive editor editor of the Heartland Institute. And uh, he's going to debunk some of these things when we come back. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Goldline. Um, I feel very strongly um, about gold and the importance of being prepared for a national uh, national disaster, a global disaster. And I have encouraged my family to always have a little bit of gold or silver on them. If they go away on a big trip, uh, they, they should have something. And, and I asked Goldline, could you ever make something like this? They went to the Canadian Mint about five years ago, and uh, they... They they made this little gold coin thing that you could you know, had ten one tenth of an ounce gold pieces and you could keep them in your wallet or purse. Well, the new version is out of the legal tender bar, and it is really easy to use. And it comes with a, a barter case. Everyone should have one, please. This is from the uh, Canadian Mint, only available at Goldline eight six six Goldline eight six six Goldline or Goldline dot com. The news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us talking about the news of the day. You can get it every single day at blazetv.com slash Beck. Use the promo code Beck. Get 10 bucks off. So when did we all become socialists? That's the question from the New York Times magazine this last Sunday. And uh, the answer is we're not all socialists. Maybe you in the newsroom have uh, have gone all socialists, but America has not gone all socialist. This uh, last weekend, I was at CPAC, and um, and I decided to break off and go into one of the smaller conference rooms uh, because there was a um, there was a speaker that I wanted to hear, and his name is Justin Haskins, and uh, he is he was very funny and uh, and just really sharp on socialism and the Green New Deal. Uh, he is he's written for uh, the blaze uh, regularly. He also is a contributor for the Washington Examiner and also columnist for townhall.com. Welcome to the program. Justin, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for having me, Glenn. You bet. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to go over the five myths of socialism. I don't know if you saw this from the Washington Post. I did. Yeah. And uh, and also, when did when did everybody become socialist from The New York Times? Um, can you answer? Can you answer that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think any. I don't think everyone has become socialist, as as you pointed out. I think that we're living in a time when socialism is clearly on the rise, especially among young people. And I imagine that if you spent all of your time living in the sort of Greenwich Village, New York bubble that uh, the writer of this particular article that you're referencing does, then yeah, I'm sure everyone seems like they're socialists. But if you go out to, you know, Iowa or something, I'm sure you're going to find a lot of people who do not believe in uh, Karl Marx's ideology. Uh, It's on the rise, but it's definitely not something that we 
<laughs> that that you could say is quintessential America. Yeah. No question about that. Um, so let me give you the the, the five myths about socialism because you just wrote a new book uh, uh, about socialism, and uh, for the name escapes me. I'm sorry. It's the it's name okay. of it. Socialism is evil. Social. Pretty, pretty pretty easy pretty, book to remember. Yeah, pretty easy. I haven't read it yet, and I want to have you on next week to talk about it after I've had a chance to read it. Um, but uh, you're pretty clear on socialism. You were you were very clear and very funny about the Green New Deal on on how this is clearly just socialism. It has nothing to do uh, with uh, with green energy or anything else. Correct. Yeah. Uh, The Green New Deal is the most radical, dangerous, destructive policy proposal in modern American history. It is a socialist Trojan horse without any question at all. Um, And and the obvious way to realize that this is the case is that if you really believed that we were about to head into some sort of post-apocalyptic hellscape 100 years into the future, or that 12 years from now we're all going to be dead, as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez suggested not too long ago, then you wouldn't waste a single penny of taxpayer money on things like a federal jobs guarantee or land use practices for farmers or um, basic income programs or free college tuition or upgrading homes for safety and comfort. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The Green New Deal is full of socialist programs. Climate change is just a convenient excuse the left uses, uh, especially democratic socialists, to enact all of the programs that they've always wanted to enact uh, with or without climate change. You know, you said this, Justin, and it just struck me as so true that if you are really truly like Ocasio-Cortez says we only have 12 years before we're all dead, before this thing is just out of control, you wouldn't talk about anything else. Nothing else. Your whole campaign, your whole life would be centered around that. Yeah, absolutely right. It's sort of like, you know, in New York City, I know you've you've spent some time in New York City, so you know this. You go to Times Square and you see a guy on the side of the road in Times Square with with like an old pizza box that says, the end is here, you know, the end of the world is about to come. It's it's like he's there every single day and the end of the world never comes. But then it would be like if he started putting like taping another little small sign next to it saying, oh, and rent is too high. It's right. like, <laughs> is, is, does it matter if rent is too high? Right. If the world is about to end? Right. I mean, I that mean was, that's that's where we're at. That was one of the things with the sort of uh, the <laughs> FAQ that was attached to the uh, Green New Deal when it came out. And they were so embarrassed about it and they hit it right away. Right. Um, and, and it said stuff like, let's get rid of airplanes. And Ocasio-Cortez went on Twitter. He's like, I like to fly to Puerto Rico. And I'm not saying that. Well, why aren't you saying it? You're saying the entire earth is going to disintegrate in a, in a decade. Why would you want to fly to your, go see your family? You can't call them? Why are you even going to Washington, D.C. <laughs> to vote on these things? You can't come up with a system to vote on the Internet? It's completely ridiculous. It's so clear that this is just something, and you've talked about this, Glenn, and I think you have as well, Justin, is like, it's this concept of perpetual constant war. We can't always have a World War One or World War Two to get people to do what we want. We need to come up with something, and the environment is it where it's this constant war all the time. We can always bend the rules. We can always take more power because things are always dire. We're always teetering on that cliff of the earth just going away. So, of course, we can justify anything. Well, look at how much uh, just the Patriot Act changed this country. Think of that. 
Patriot Act completely changed us, changed our theories of privacy and 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 security entirely, entirely. And you just put one of those in because you're in a new war. You put this new Green Deal Act in and it will uh, it will change us more than the Patriot Act. Would you agree with that, Justin? Totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the best and the best from a from a socialist perspective, the best part about the Green New Deal is because it's dealing with climate change, it's always 80 years off into the future or something. Mm-hmm. You can always say, oh, well, we just got the prediction, the model a little wrong. But 20 years from now, it's going to be chaos. Or, and then 20 years comes and nothing happens. And 20 years from now, it's going to be chaos. You can always predict it, it, it off into the future and just say, yeah, this is a problem that's going to happen. I know it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to, trust me. And because the media all backs it, uh, everyone just goes along and believes it. So one of the myths that they they bring up uh, in, from the Washington Post is that all socialists want to abolish markets and private property, and that's just not true. <laughs> they just they 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 just want a little more uh, control on a few things that really matter. Right. Yeah. I, I think in the short term, there are certainly socialist parties and groups that are not advocating for the end of private property tomorrow. But every single one of them has the same goal, the utopian goal that they're all looking for, that Karl Marx was talking about 150 years ago, is the same. It's we want to live in a world where there is absolutely or no classes at all, which means no groups of people with different amounts of wealth. Everybody has the same amount of wealth. That's what we want. And every socialist party, even the Democratic Socialists of America, were very careful to say on their website, you know, we don't want uh, to abolish property tomorrow. Say, eventually, though, we would like to abolish private property. I mean, that would be great. So they're all working towards that same cause. It's, it's not true that uh, there are socialists out there who say, ah, we like capitalism, uh, but just we want some, mar- you know, some controls on it. No, no, no. They want to abolish property. They want to abolish private property. They want it to be completely controlled by the collective. It's just a matter of how long they want to do, how long they're willing to wait to have this happen and how extreme they're willing to be at this very moment. What's the strongest message that we can deliver to people who think that socialism is neat and it's probably some sort of an app? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I think the strongest message that conservatives uh, can give, and it's something that, frankly, uh, conservatives have been incredibly terrible at this over the past few decades, is uh, we have this tendency to obsess over economics Mm -hmm. and then just seed the moral high ground entirely on this issue. Mm-hmm. And so we spend all of our time talking about, well, we got to lower tax rates and, oh, we need GDP growth. And it's like, you know what? Those things are not the most important things in the world. The most important things in the world are individual freedom, unalienable rights. I have the right to my property, to my life, to live my life the way I see fit, not to have some majority or some bureaucracy somewhere decide how I'm going to live my life. And that those are the conversations that we need to have, that conversation about natural law. Where do my rights come from? Do they come from the government or do they come from somewhere else? 
we're not even having those conversations. We're not even we're not even on the edge of those conversations uh, in, in common discourse. We're too busy fighting over these minute little issues that at the end of the day don't matter. What really matters is can we focus on individual liberty and personal freedom or should we have a society where the collective decides everything? And if you happen to be in the minority, well, then too bad for you. That is the that that's the thing that um, bothers me the most. I mean, you look at slavery. The majority could have voted for slavery. In fact, the Supreme Court said slavery was okay. It wasn't. <laughs> you know, it, 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 even if you're in a a a, a, a democratic socialist uh, uh, market, if you will, if the majority votes that you have to do something. That's still slavery. I don't care if everybody else voted for it. You didn't. It's still slavery. Yeah, that's right. And actually, when the when the country was founded, this was one of the debates that the loyalists had with with those who were, you know, were the patriots, the people who wanted to move away from England. They basically said, you know, look, why should I trade one tyrant, you know, 3000 miles away for 3000 tyrants one mile away? That whole quote, you know, that was in the Patriot and Mather Biles likely said it, a Massachusetts pastor. I mean, that whole that whole notion of well, you know, democracy can be tyranny, too. Yeah, we have this obsession in America over democracy, like democracy is somehow this inherently good thing. Democracy is not inherently good. Democracy can be evil. What is inherently good is individual liberty coupled with democracy. That system works. And that's that is totally incompatible with socialism because socialism doesn't allow for individual rights. I mean, Hezbollah was was democratically elected. (laughs) Democracy on its own is not necessarily great. Let me let me take one more thing here with you, Justin, uh, because I mean, because I agree with you and your criticisms on, you know, where the left is going. Let's point inward a little bit here, though. I think quite often we on the right, um, have uh it's easy to be principled when you're in the minority it's easily it's easy to be principled when things are going your way but when things hit you we've talked about several examples over the past couple of weeks where things where it feels like you're really getting screwed and i just need a little bit more power from the government to be able to enforce this thing that i want see this is this thing though is a real problem and i really need the extra power this time yes the constitution but this is too important how do you i, I don't feel like people in those moments typically are able to bring themselves back to those principles that really have guided the country the entire way. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, what we need desperate, the biggest opportunity that was missed by Republicans, and there were a lot of opportunities missed over the past couple of years, uh, was this idea of embracing the freedom to fail. Okay, the the country was established as very different communities with completely different ideas, very different than the states that we have today. And yet it worked because they were willing to say to each other, we know that we're different, but we're going to allow each other within some within with some constraints. We're going to allow each other to live the way we believe is right. We're not going to impose those beliefs on each other. That's why we have state constitutions and state rights. And we have totally moved away from that, both in the Republican Party and in the Democratic Party. And now it seems like every four years, the world is about to end for somebody because we're going to have this incredibly important election where we're about to elect some imperial president who's going to make all of our decisions for us. And then he gets to appoint this uh, 
couple of open seats to the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court's going to decide by a two-vote margin how uh, w- what liberty means for 330 million people. Mm-hmm. Does this sound like a free society? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Justin, we'll have you back uh, next week. We want to talk a little bit about your new book. It's called uh, Socialism is Evil. <laughs> uh, and uh, if, you've, if you've ever read Justin or you've ever listened to him uh, speak, this is the first time you could see he has a great sense of humor and 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 uh, very well read. Uh, Justin Haskins, uh, thank you so much for being on. Thanks. All right, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security. Uh, Simply Safe wants to give you the power. This is this is the freeing power of the modern age. You could be roped into something that gives some company mm-hmm. more and more power. Yep. That's and, easy. And uh, it takes control of everything. Or you can have a company that says, I know what I do really well, and what I do really well is make this system, and then I'm I'm just going to make a fair trade with you, and you buy the system, and then you're in control of it, and you can do what you want with it. There's no wiring or anything else. It's all this modern uh, high tech. And um, we'll monitor if you want, when you want. If you want to have it this month and not next month, that's okay. You just pay fourteen ninety five that month, and then we'll monitor. And next month you can cancel, and it's no big deal. It's all on your terms. That's simply safe. Keep your family safe the simple way. SimplySafeBeck.com. SimplySafeBeck.com. Use the uh, that address, and you're going to save ten percent at SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, in the middle of this emergency uh, talk, a national emergency for the border, it looks like uh, the press uh, is losing a talking point. Yeah, this is interesting because the the right is debating this issue, saying, yes, there's a big problem at the border. Is this the right way to deal with it or not? That's the right's debate. But we do. I think we yeah. would all agree that, that there is a problem on the border. There is a there is almost an emergency a crisis, emergency, a whatever crisis. you want to say. Yeah, right. there's a crisis so at the border. Border really bad. How do we handle it? Is this way right or not? Mm -hmm. The left is not debating it that way. They love the way it's being handled. They love the idea that the power is there for them to do climate change next time. Mm -hmm. What they're debating is, what they're saying is, well, yes, of course the president has the power to do such a thing, but he's doing it on something that's not really an emergency. That's their distinction. Mm -hmm. They're saying the border is completely fine. New York Times today says, uh, eh, maybe not. Border no, at a New breaking York, point. New York Times. Yeah, this is the headline. Border at a breaking point as more than 76,000 migrants cross in a month. It is an 11-year high. One of the talking points has been, look, border crossings are down. And if you look at numbers, which has been true. However, we have a big spike. In fact, the spike uh, in is, is really dramatic. 11-year high and a 434% increase in the El Paso sector which uh, it covers the state of uh, New Mexico and two westernmost counties of Texas. Um, uh, at least 70 groups, uh, when you're talking about uh, caravans and these large groups, 70 groups of 100 or more have turned themselves in at Border Patrol stations. 70 groups of 100 or more. Remember how much we were mocked for saying the caravan was even real? 70. You're listening to Glenn Beck.